Welcome to Gaming New Horizons. I'm your best friend, Andy. And I am your casual acquaintance, Ryan. If you can tell by those introductions, Gaming New Horizons is not what it usually is. No. We're, we're new here. We found this podcast on the ground. No one was around. We scooped it up, and it's ours now. Exactly. You can't prove anything, and there wasn't a name in it, so we couldn't just turn it in. It belongs to us. Yep. And since this is our podcast now, if you miss your usual best friends, I think you can find them over around what you call it. But yes, indeed. We're typically the hosts of a little podcast on the Lunar Light Network called Force Friends Rewatch, where we talk about Star Wars TV shows. And if we're on a video game podcast, we figured we'd talk some about Star Wars video games. You know it. Now, they typically start off with news, video game news here on Gaming New Horizons. Do we have any video? Do, do, do you know about video games, Ryan? Um, I am definitely a casual gamer, which it's interesting that I've ended up here. But, um, I mean, recently a Star Wars video game leaked with the title Project Maverick. Might be a placeholder, but there is title artwork. It appears to take place during the original trilogy era. It leaked on the PlayStation something or other. I don't really know. But, um, yeah, that's exciting. That's the only Star Wars video game news I've got. I am also a filthy casual, and I really only pay attention to video games when it comes to, like, three franchises that I I, I obsess over. So I don't really have any, any news either. But I thought it might be fun if we looked at an older game. Like, if we each picked an older Star Wars game that we love, and maybe we could highlight it a little bit for the listeners here. I like that. Let's highlight for these people. They seem nice. Uh, so a game I love that I grew up on is uh, Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. Yes. It is probably my favorite video game aside from Dragon Age Inquisition, which the listeners have heard me on this podcast rant about before. Uh, but it's a ton of fun. I've probably beaten it like 12 times. And it is just a classic. There's a ton of replay value to it. I know recently modders have gotten their hands on it and have modded it a lot to add in like other characters and maps and stuff. It's pretty cool to see all the work that they've done. But even even aside from that, just like the core storyline is phenomenal. Yeah, that one, I mean, that's like the quintessential Jedi experience. You're a student of a student of Luke Skywalker. You're choosing your missions. You're investigating this Sith cult. It's like, it's good Star Wars, man. It introduces Rosh Pennon, who is my least favorite Star Wars character. It is a scientific fact that he is oh. as annoying as a human being can be. And I loathe him. And he's predictable. And he's boring. But... Do you kill him? <laughs> Do you uh... kill him? I usually don't, because then that triggers the dark side ending, and I am a Jedi. Aww. Yeah, That's I know. so sweet. It's so tempting every time, <laughs> though. Oh, uh, man. You get to go to a ton of, like, classic Star Wars locations. Um, yeah. And there's, there's, like, a story device why you have to go to all these locations. So that's fun. Um you get to go to Hoth, you get to go to Tatooine, you get to go to Coruscant. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. 
It's good and, stuff. Yeah, and it was the last time we saw Kyle Katarn in a video game, and Kyle Katarn facts are one of my favorite early memes, if you know about the Kyle Katarn facts. Just in general, Kyle is a fantastic uh, Star Wars character. Uh, Evan, my fiance, constantly makes fun of him just because he's like, <laughs> Kyle is the worst Star Wars name ever. It and is. He calls, him, he calls him Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. I love Kyle. <laughs> I love it. Back in the what? day on the Force.net gaming forums, what we did, and I, I totally frequented the Force.net forums back in the day, we basically just took the Chuck Norris format and made Kyle Katarn facts. So, like, I mean, you know that the strongest stars have hearts of Kyber, but the strongest Kyber has hearts of Kyle Katarn. I believe it. Oh, yeah. Just all that stuff. Anyway, um, old Star Wars video games that I like. Uh, one of the most underrated Star Wars games that I easily logged like a hundred hours on is Battle for Naboo. Man, I don't you, even know if I know yeah, this. Yeah, you are uh, feed rookie cop Gavin Sykes, uh, protege of Captain Kale, who ranks just under Captain Panaka. And the first level, you are on patrol on your flash speeder, and the battle droid invasion starts. And Gavin remains behind to deal with this hot crime lord who seems to have goodwill towards getting the people of Naboo out of the camps, but he's a hut, he has other plans. And it's sort of this parallel story to the Phantom Menace with a whole bunch, it's all vehicular, it's a lot of piloting, a lot of speeders. Um, there's even like a level where you're on a Trade Federation boat navigating the river to the camps undercover but um yeah it's just such a cool story about this like this guy who's just trying to do the right thing for his people and he has to learn not to trust everybody but how to trust some people so that sounds cool. real fun yeah it was made by the development team behind rogue squadron uh so it's similar combat similar oh, gameplay rad. overall yeah battle, it, like i said like you not even knowing it really like it's so underrated so much fun. There was definitely a time where Star Wars was pumping out like weak copies of other games. Like there was the <laughs> Star Wars version of Twisted Metal. There oh, was yeah. Star Wars Mario Kart. There was yeah, Star oh, Super Wars Bombad Racing, baby. There was Star Wars Street Fighter. Uh, but like in all of that, there's there's these gems of games that were really original and different and neat. That sounds yeah. really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Star Wars video games have kind of slowed down. But uh, recently, as recently as November, we got one of the best ones ever. I also think the last two Battlefronts have been really good. That's very uh, true. I mean, Battlefront 2 started off a little skinny, but with all the free DLC, which it being free, I'll count it, you know, um, that one has really become something awesome. The the Battlefront 2015 was incredible. The 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 paid DLC was rough. Yeah. And uh the no storyline was also like a bit disappointing, the no single player. Oh yeah. But you got to do the trench run. Yeah. And it's never looked better. You got to play as Wegs Wedge and Biggs and Luke and like go into the trench. Like it was rad. That's very true. And I will always love that game for that reason. And then Battlefront 2, it, it its launch was a kerfluffle. <laughs> like, I'll, 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 I'll give it that. 
But they recovered, and it, like, I'm still playing it. It's it's still a ton of fun. Yeah, same here. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. The meat, the meat on the bones of today is Fallen Order. Oh, yeah. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Now, on our show, when we talk about Star Wars TV shows, we are a spoiler podcast. We talk spoilers. And I really don't think you can have an honest discussion about Jedi Fallen Order without spoilers. Unfortunately, that's the case. There's just so much there that is integral to, like... I think the final opinion and like synopsis of the plot and the game as a whole that is connected to, you know, some twists and some turns. So if you have not played it yet and you're planning to and you care about spoilers, this might be a good time to uh, hit pause, go get the game, play it for 12 hours straight. <laughs> And come back and finish the episode, because we are going to be spoiling it. And listen to uh, Force Friends Rewatch on your way to the gaming store. If it's yeah, definitely definitely listen to Force Friends Rewatch. Maybe go check out your, your best friends over at Overwitch, you know. But, uh, yeah, we're here to spoil this. So, this has been your warning. We're here now. We're in the spoiler territory. We're going to be talking about it. So, I guess let's just give a brief overview of the plot. You know, light overview. What do you think, Ryan? Darth Vader. We're in the spoiler safe zone now. <laughs> okay, okay. We're just Darth Vader is the spoiler. Um, <laughs> okay, now go ahead. Or I guess I do this on I do this on Force Friends. Do you want me to do it here? The brief um, overview. We're changing things up for April Fool's Day. I could try to give the brief overview. Okay, brief overview in thirty right. seconds. What is this game about? Oh man! So you are Cal Kestis, a scrapper in the Scrappers Guild on the junk planet of Braca. But Cal is so much more than that. He is a Jedi Padawan who was recently orphaned, so to speak, in Order sixty six when the Empire wiped out the Jedi Order. So Cal has to learn to survive in this new world. But in a moment of destiny, basically, he outs himself as a Jedi to save his friend from certain death, and then he's on the run. Uh, you come into contact with Seer and Grease, who are essentially proto-rebels trying to follow in the footsteps of Seer's former Jedi Master, uh, Eno Cordova. Seer having cut herself off from the Force after a traumatic event. And Eno Cordova was, before Order 66, investigating the Zepho, a fallen civilization. I think the fallen order of the title, really, because he thinks they hold the key to rebuilding the Jedi. Uh, or Seer thinks they hold the key to rebuilding the Jedi. I don't think we ever find out why Cordova was so interested in them. Uh, so through the game, you're visiting sites that were important to the Zepho, sites, classic Star Wars locations as well as new. And just trying to figure out what it means to be a Jedi in this time and what the next steps are. I loved that it was a game about being a Jedi and like what it means to be a Jedi, but you're examining another faith tradition. Yes, that was so interesting. And we don't really see that in Star Wars. It's always Jedi and Sith. Well, there's there's definitely hints of... I don't want to say hints. There's definitely like mention of other faith traditions. Oh, true. Like the Night the Sisters and yeah. There's there's the Night Sisters. There's the uh, um, what's the Guardians of the, the Lasats. 
the Lasats. There's the Lasats. There's the Guardians of the Wills. The Wookiees clearly have their own kind of faith tradition. Yeah, that's um, true. There's the the uh, the brother and the sister and the father. They're oh, kind of the their Mortis own. gods. I was yeah, so the expecting gods, them kind to of show their own up. Thing. So, uh, oh, and um, I was going to say Ben Mendelsohn, but that's not the right actor. But the uh, the guy at the start of Force Awakens. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually just passed away. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lor Santeca is the character. Lor San- yeah, Lor Santeca. Uh, he is a member of the Church of the Force, which is a another Force tradition, uh, faith based like tradition. So there's um, also the Legends of Luke Skywalker, the book. He oh, is so going around that, yeah. studying studying other faith traditions and how they interact with the force. So the new canon has given us a lot of these different ideas that it's not just the Jedi and Sith. There are these other belief systems out there Mm -hmm. and to have a game where, you know, it's the darkest time to be a Jedi and you're trying to find hope and you're going around and learning from these other religions was really interesting. It's phenomenal. So, what did you think of the the story overall? Overall, I always tell people <laughs> this is a phenomenal story with a terrible script. By which I mean, if you have the stomach for Seer happening to find a sacred Jedi holocron behind the Vitamix in the kitchen of the starship, then this is a great story that really plays with the Star Wars themes and locations in a new and interesting way. Uh, while also having dialogue like, not bad for trash, what about for a Jedi? What's the difference? Yeah, yeah <laughs> there's some, there's some yeah. cheesy one-liners. Great story, bad script. I would, I would agree. I think the story is very strong. I think the voice acting is very, very strong. Uh, the cast does oh, a yeah. phenomenal job. Uh, there's, there's definitely some cheesy dialogue here and there. Um, but yeah, I would, I would give it maybe an eight out of 10. Yeah, absolutely. Story-wise, definitely. The only, like, I feel like I can't fully assess the story until we know where they're going with sequels, which I've heard there will be two. Um, because some things just don't seem to add to the theme at all. Like the Haxion brood crime lords that are harassing Grease, like that didn't really do anything for me. And Taryn Malakos on Dathomir is just like, why? I have some opinions on the brood. Yeah? So for one, they're amazing because they got us that song by The Hue. Was that them? Yes. <laughs> oh, you're uh, right, you're right. They got this... Um, like metal band to do like this real life band to do a song and it is fantastic. And, um, I'm blanking on where the band is from. I wish I could remember the the name of the country they're from. Let me look that up. They are Mongolian. Yes. So, uh, they use a lot of traditional Mongolian instruments and, like, voice techniques, but also a lot of modern stuff as well, because they want to bridge kind of current metal with their 
their ancestry and their roots. And they have this really unique sound. And to put them in Star Wars was, I think, brilliant. Uh, I've gotten into more of their music. Can't understand a word of it because I don't speak <laughs> Mongolian. But it, it, like, it slaps. It's real good. I should look uh, into them. I did like that song. Yeah, so they were a lot of fun. So I like I agree with you that they like didn't really fit with the story, but they were really neat. And yeah, that's I loved true. I loved how the rest of the game, like bounty hunters are just after you. Like you'll, yeah, you'll turn a corner cool. to you'll turn a corner to somewhere where you've been like ten times thinking it's gonna be safe, and then all of a sudden there's like people on jetpacks and like <laughs> in mech suits there like waiting for you. It's like, oh crap. That's very true. That was cool. I liked, um, yeah, I liked that it added that element of danger. I just, I guess I wish that it had tied in more to the narrative. Yeah, like thematically it made more sense for them yeah, exactly. to be around. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I completely agree with you about the, the dude on Dathomir. I don't know what his deal was or yeah. what he meant. I thought we were kind of going somewhere that he would have something to do with Maul, but then I also couldn't figure out what the hell Maul had to do with anything and then I was just baffled he also it felt like he was too easy to beat like oh really yeah like I didn't see I had one, to knock the difficulty down his betrayal like seemed inevitable like at no point did I feel like this dude was a good guy oh yeah because no, he's, he's he's in a he black looked, cloak yeah, he's like a hobo trash wizard on Dathomir. Like, oh yeah, this is my new best friend. Sure. Yeah. Um, I thought in it was going to connect to the Darth Vader comic where there was like Vader had to hunt down a Jedi who had taken a vow. Oh to like, yeah, the Barash vow. I thought that was I, the same guy. I thought he was going to be something like that where. It was a Jedi after the purge who was still trying to be a Jedi, but like had a different way of looking at things. That would have been more and, interesting. And in this, he was just straight up evil. He was just like, like, you know, cacklingly mad and evil. And yeah, I I would have liked it to have been um, a bit more of a battle of philosophies, maybe about how do we get the order to survive in this dark time? Yes. And someone with a really extreme view versus Cal, who is like a good soft boy. Cal is a good soft boy. Um, let's talk about, so those are two things that you thought didn't really maybe fit. Um, what about like, are there any levels that really stood out to you that you really loved or any moments? Every beat of Dathomir and Ilum. Ilum was, Ilum was rad. Oh man, when B- when he realizes that BD One shows him, BD One is is the man. I love BD One is BD One's a, a phenomenal addition to Star Wars robots. <sighs> I've got a pair of BD One legs sitting here next to me, and I just need to build the guy already. I love him. What about Dathomir stood out to you? Oh, just everything. It was a perfect representation of the world that was great for people like us that know it from television and years of novels. But it also did a good job kind of introducing it to the newcomer who doesn't really know Dathomir and all the lore there. Um, One of my co-workers uh, has not seen a new Star Wars movie since Revenge of the Sith. Wow. 
uh, picked this up because he's a huge video gamer. And he was asking me, uh, and he like beat it before I got my hands on it. So he, you know, he would talk to me a lot about it. And he's like, have you gone to Dathomir yet? Have you gone to Dathomir yet? And I was like, no, I'm not going to Dathomir. Are you crazy? He's like, what? You, you knew, you know what Dathomir is? I was like, That's yeah, funny. man, I know what Dathomir is. And it's going to be full of zombies. I'm not yeah. going there. And he yes. was like, he couldn't believe that. Like, I just knew that. Dathomir. He was like, I went there just because, like, oh, it's the next place. I'm going. And I was like, no, you're crazy. You don't go <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, because it gives you a choice. Yeah, Dathomir. I mean, Dathomir was originally from, uh, I believe, 1994's The Courtship of Princess Leia novel. And then Clone Wars. Yeah, so Dathomir has, I mean, the zombies and everything is Clone Wars. But, like, Dathomir is a, is a classic Star Wars world. Yeah. It was very, very cool to see it in this game. Yeah. And the, the Knight Brothers and, oh man, Marin. I love Marin so much. Marin is a phenomenal character in this game. Uh, so happy they put a queer character in it. Yeah. Marin's badass. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say badass. <laughs> we'll find out. Whoops. Marin is tough. Marin is great. Um... She's the perfect foil for Cal, too, because she, too, has lost everything and she made different decisions than him. And she is hard while he is soft. And they're so complimentary. Well, I would I would love to see if they do make a sequel and it's the same characters, because it could just be the same engine and following a new story. But I would love to see Marin either as a playable character Yes. In the next game, where you could be Marin or Cal, depending on the mission. Uh, and I would like to see her passing on her own faith tradition to people. Oh, that would be cool. Because I, I want the Night Sisters to survive. And well, uh, it yeah. is a tragedy that they got wiped out by the uh, Sidious's schemes. I was going to yeah. say Separatist, but it was Sidious. Like, that it- was strictly Sidious taking out. Oh, definitely other other faith traditions well in legends um before the clone wars the night sisters were not all death and mary they were definitely more of a faith than a race and they were actually an offshoot of the jedi uh a jedi training ship the chuanthor crashed on death and they were just like well we're here now populate the planet and they started doing their own thing and i think you can just as you know, Star Wars always taps into that old legends lore. It it would be really cool to see them kind of play with that, like Night Sister Jedi fusion sort of thing. And I could see Cal maybe being a little opposed to it because he is craving tradition. Uh some moments that stood out to me. I loved the the moment with the ATATs. Yeah. Sagarera. You are coming to Kashyyyk, you realize that there's a resistance fighting and they're under attack by the Empire, and you dive into this water and then climb up an Adat and, like, fight your way into it, fight your way through it, and then take over the controls and you get to drive it. And it was just really, really neat climbing up this Adat and seeing, like... Saw Guerrero's partisans with like 
yes. from gunships like fighting and you're like climbing up this beast it's very neat and um definitely like one of the standout moments for me if i had to pick another one man i think maybe the uh any any of the inquisitor fights just any of them like you could pick any single inquisitor fight and it was emotionally gripping and satisfying and scary and uh it never i never went into those confident and i always got my butt kicked and had to you know die and die and die and die until i could figure it out uh and that's how that's how it should feel fighting an inquisitor yeah the inquisitors felt i mean like it felt a lot like you can tell ezra and kanan feel in rebels when they confront the inquisitors at the start like it exactly what you just said uh, so let's talk mechanics. Uh, what mechanics did we like? What did we not like? I liked the mechanic that is Cal's friend at the beginning of the game. He deserved better. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I meant the game mechanics. I know what you meant. I just needed to talk about my boy Prog. Um, or Prof. So, um, some, something that I loved was the Force was not gamified in this. And what I mean yes. by that is... And I blame a lot of this on KOTOR and before you write me on Twitter (sighs) saying I dished KOTOR, KOTOR is phenomenal, but KOTOR really gamified the force. Oh yeah. In a way that like you spend XP and you get more powerful force levels. Yes. And it's kind of damaged a lot of people's understanding of the Star Wars mythos because that's not what the force is. And KOTOR was so popular and so widespread, especially amongst people our age. Oh, yeah. That, like, that is that is the main thing they connect with the Force is, oh, well, you spend XP and you get a rating and a rank. <sighs> and and that's not how the Force works. And that's I think, not how the Force works. I think Fallen Order does a really good job of narratively revealing Force powers to Cal through him confronting his trauma. And as Cal comes to peace with the traumatic things that have happened to him and the loss he's experienced, and as he finds balance in himself, you get force powers. And you unlock force powers. And that is, I think, the strongest mechanic in this game, is that it narratively reveals the force to Cal, rather than going and killing a bunch of low-level people and grinding and then unlocking force powers because you got enough XP. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's. I mean, Jedi Academy, like we were saying, you know, that feels like a cool, rollicking Jedi experience, but it, it gamified the force as well. And this it did. definitely... This is a better force experience than I think any Star Wars game ever. For the reasons you just enumerated, yeah. What other what other mechanics do we want to talk about? Um, I like that it's hard to fight stormtroopers. I like that it's a real threat. You know, any group bigger than two or three, like you're not going to slice them like butter because you are an untrained kid. I like that it made the Empire a threat because, again, you know, Jedi Academy and games like that, you could mow down a squad of stormtroopers with no issue. Um, even like. KOTOR, you know, towards the end of the game, 
you find six Sith Troopers, they're just annoying, but you're going to get through it. You could, uh, I just totally blanked. I don't know what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it made, you know, the lightsaber feels lethal, but it, it also was really tangible that this is an untrained kid and you're going to have to think about how you're going to win these fights. Yeah. You have to be very intentional with how you go into each one. And uh, it has the, I'd say, the combat feel of Arkham Asylum with the saving mechanic of uh, Dark Souls. Yeah. So if you find a checkpoint where you can save and you save, it respawns everyone. And so you have to decide, like, all right, if I save here, all those people I just fought are going to respawn. But do I have enough health left to move forward and enough yes. uh, like healing potions to move forward? If I don't, I'm going to have to save here, fight them again, and hope that I have more health potions left over and move towards the next checkpoint. Uh, it's it's brutal. It's not as bad as Dark Souls, I'm sure. Like It's not trying to be Dark Souls, but it, it has that same gambling mechanic of like do i save here and have to fight more or do i move on and hope that like i can find another checkpoint later yeah i found myself like hating that at first but it made it a stronger game i think now i have a few complaints about the mechanics in this game and I want to stress again that this game is remarkably good and fun and a yeah. great experience for being a jedi my three complaints are are this. There's no fast travel. Yeah, that was annoying. Which, which is kind of a small complaint, but there are times where you just want to go back to your ship, and you can't. You have to walk there, and that's kind of frustrating. Especially Zepho, when you're down in that tomb, and you've already beaten everybody, and you're not going to have a problem getting back to the ship. Like, yeah, I feel you. Uh, then there is... No stealth mechanic. And I yeah. really I really prefer sneaking my way through places than having to fight my way through everything. And that just would have been, I think, a, a nice addition to have had, like, options to get past bad guys rather than fighting them all. Agreed. And my last complaint is weird, because on the one hand, I know it's a video game. And I know, like, in video games you fight monsters and that's what you do. But I really disliked how frequently I had to fight, like, animals. Yeah. And um, it just didn't feel very Jedi to me to be, like, going to these abandoned places and these ancient tombs and ruins and being like, oh, wow, look at all this natural light. Vroom, and then killing it. I got my lightsaber. You're all dead. I'm like, I don't feel comfortable doing that as a Jedi. Like, Agreed. This is their home. Like, like they live here. I'm the one who shouldn't be here. I thought uh, maybe that was just me being a radical vegan. But uh, yeah, I agree. No, I, I found that very kind of like frustrating. Like... On the one hand, I get it's a video game and they wanted us to fight things other than stormtroopers. Like, they wanted to mix up the type of baddies yeah. that we fought. And, like, fighting a monster is a very Star Wars thing to do. But constantly, like, you were constantly it fighting was too much. these poor animals. And I'm like, again, like, they're just minding their own business. Like, they're just hungry. Like, yeah, 
I wish I could get past this without having to fight it. Agreed. But everything else I love. Oh, you know what I loved? I I picked up on this in my first playthrough. Um, The game does not use a lot of John Williams music. And I was not thrilled about that at first. But then, I think the first time it uses unedited John Williams music from the movies is Order 66. And it just reminds you how you felt the first time you saw that betrayal. And it's it's a perfect... That that was perfect. Uh, another mechanic I loved is that your your map, your way to open doors, yeah, your health bar is all through BD One, who's your little yes, robot buddy, my boy. And there's a level where he gets taken away from you, and you don't have any of those things. And you feel so, because, so helpless because BD One is gone, and he is the narrative function of all of those things. You, as the player, don't have them. And while I felt like you got him too back to really explore like those sort of consequences and um, like there was that moment of fear and freaking out as a player of like, I don't know where I'm going. Like I don't have any, I don't have any health packs. Like those were really like, that was a really cool moment of fear that kind of gave it back to you a little too soon. You get him back after maybe like five minutes of that. Uh, It was still really neat. It was really neat that they took that away from you. Uh, I would have liked it to have been longer, but it was still very cool. Yeah, I, I agree. That was that was during the Haxion Brood encounter, right? Yeah. Yeah, I liked the challenges presented, but I agree with you that it ended too quickly. And I mean, but then again, I was just in so much emotional distress knowing BD1 was having a rough time that I was very grateful when it ended and didn't think about that until later. Uh, another cool thing that this game does mechanically is like flashbacks and visions. Yeah. Where like in flashbacks and in visions, uh, the mechanics work a little differently. Like sometimes you have different force powers. Uh, sometimes you're younger and not as strong. Stuff like that. And... Uh, in this way where like Cal gets new force powers by confronting trauma and overcoming like these losses he's felt, you get to do that through flashbacks and through visions. And, um, Travis Willingham as your former master, uh, he's an incredible voice actor from critical role. Uh, he does a great job. You get to see a lot of him in this game as like this old wise and hard Jedi general. But two of those, one of the flashbacks is Order 66, and one of the visions is Cal imagining himself creating his own Jedi Order and his own Jedi School, and, like, these little kids are coming up to you and calling you Master, and you're teaching them how to use the Force, and then a second Order 66 happens where Stormtroopers find you. Yeah. And it is brutal. That was awful. I, I had tears. It was emotionally devastated. Yeah, and it's entirely the humanity of the acting because the vision itself is minimal, but just hearing those kids... And seeing those stormtroopers and, like, you know, like, Cal has been building towards this. This is what his goal is. This is what he's been working towards. And to see it all brutally come crashing down and, like, 
pretty graphically like the visions are all blurry and stuff but like you know what's happening and like the the surviving kids get thrown in cages and stuff like it's 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 tough seeing them in jail and stuff it's uh this game does not pull any punches um and as we're talking about the mechanics of the game i just think how they handle these visions are very neat Uh, it's, it's good storytelling and it's um you don't like typically have a health meter when you're in a vision and that lets you not worry about dying and having to start over it lets you just feel the story from the character's pov and i think that was a very smart um like when you're fighting uh your master in a vision um you don't have a health bar and it's because you're not supposed to be worried about winning the fight you're just supposed to be feeling the story and that's really cool yeah that was that was all good stuff very much in the classic star wars van of the dark side cave on dagobah yeah. I like that they, they definitely kept that feel. Um, so we've talked about mechanics. We've talked about story. Uh, do we want to talk about how the game ends? Yeah. Because I think the ending is really important to yeah. the overall experience of the game. Um, or do we want to talk about characters first? Um, do you have any characters that you really loved? No, I kind of already did talk about Marin and BD1. Those are my big yeah. two. Seer is very interesting uh, in that she's cut off from the Force. We've never really seen something quite like Seer. She's similar to Luke Skywalker in the new films, but not quite. Um, I was really mad when they announced this game and they showed us who the protagonist was. I was not interested in another like straight white boy surviving mm-hmm. Order 66 and dealing with all of his pain, I was like, we've already we've already done that. We've already seen that. It's happened a bunch. We don't need, like, there have been books about this. There have been comics about this. There have been oh, yeah. TV shows about this. And now here's another video game about this. Like, I don't, I don't need this story. And the second cow picked up that space guitar and started, yeah. like, strumming it, he done stole my heart. And I was like, look at this good soft boy. I'm going to protect him. Uh, Cal is a great protagonist. And he's he's not the protagonist I've wanted. And I would have preferred a person of color or a queer person or an alien. But he is what we got. And he's fine. Like, I thought I was going to hate him. And I didn't. I'm glad I didn't hate him. I still wish it was someone else. But... Uh, the actor does a good job, and he is an interesting character with more depth than I expected. From he stops him. to sniff flowers. He literally stops to sniff flowers. Yeah, and he just loves everyone, and he loves his little robot puppy. Yeah. And uh, he has uh, the ability Quinlan Voss does, where like if he touches something, he can uh, see its memories. Yeah. And... That is a really neat tool also to like give exposition and stuff. Uh, it's really it's really cool stuff. But Cal is a Cal is a good protagonist. Uh, we got Marin, who's a night sister. She's rad. Uh, I didn't really care for Grease very much. Um, oh, I liked Grease. I heard him described fine. as uh, John C. Riley meets uh, was Mr. Furley the landlord on Three's Company? I do not know. I just, I love that idea that he's just this long-suffering landlord of the Mantis who's got these 
awful young tenants who are always bringing in things like BD1. Uh, I think the big character we have to talk about is the, was it the second sister? Yeah. Phenomenal. Trilla is remarkable. Trilla is so cool. Definitely. There are not a lot of Sith women. No. There just aren't. There are none in the movies. Um, You get we got a handful of Inquisitors who are women, and they're all incredible. But And we have Ventress, who, like, was almost a Sith, but then, like, not quite, and then definitely not one. Uh, and yeah, I would I would put Trilla up there with Ventress on, like, remarkable... I would agree. ...strong female baddie. Like, she just kicks butt. She's so good. Yeah, most definitely. She was cool. Yeah. All the Inquisitors were cool. She's really the only one that we get to know, but... And, like, man, just what a backstory. What a... I don't even want to say anything else about it. Like, I know we said we were going to talk about spoilers. I don't know. Yeah, even... but that's a big... No, that's yeah. that should be experience. Just, just, just phenomenal. Uh, cannot stress enough how good of a baddie Trilla is. Yeah, she All was... Right. She was phenomenal. Let's talk about ending. Yeah. Oh, man. So, Cal is trying to find a holocron that will lead him to Force-sensitive children to start his own Jedi Order. He gets a vision that, if he does this, it has potential to go very bad. Uh, the holocron gets taken by some baddies. Cal then has to, like, go and steal it again. The team is all there to help him. He gets the holocron, he is on his way out, and Vader shows up. And it is just, like, Vader is a cryptid. Like, Vader is a force of nature. Like, Vader is not a person. Uh, All you can do is run. And it is so scary. Your heart is pumping the whole time. You finally get the holocron back to the ship. And what does Cal do? Uh, He destroys it. And that, to me... That cemented that I liked Cal as a protagonist. Yeah, that's that's throwing the ring into Mount Doom. That's rejecting what you thought you wanted in favor of what needs to be. And uh, just that kind of peace that like, you know oh, what? Yeah. I can be a Jedi and it cannot be my responsibility to rebuild this. Like... My responsibility as a Jedi can just be to exist as a Jedi and have a personal relationship with the Force rather than, like, evangelizing and building more followers. I love that. Yeah, it, it, to me, like, was a a huge act of pacifism. And it was a quintessential Jedi move uh, to, like, not force this on these kids. And I think Marin was a huge reason why he decided to do that. Yeah, Which that's kind of really her cool. role. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, but then it's just this tribe of misfits. Like that's what it ends on with Grease and Seer and Marin and Cal. And Seer um, does reconnect to the Force, right? Or does she not? Yeah, I can't remember. No, yeah. she she does. She helps you break into right. the Inquisitor Castle, uh, and she's using Trilla's lightsaber. That's right. Um, I think my only complaint about the ending is that everyone lived. Except and Trilla. That's, 
Oh, well, yeah, Shola eats it, but she's not part of the team. True. She's, she's she's not a goodie. She's a baddie. True. Um, and I would have liked to have felt another loss, but if you were to ask me, like Andy, who on the team should should die, yes. I could not tell you who. Same. I could not. I could I not think, tell you which character shouldn't be in the next one. Yep. Because so, there's there's room to kill off Seer, but then you lose her for the next one, and that's very predictable. Yeah, Seer Seer to some degree was the as the mentor figure is kind of the obvious choice, but also as like a strong black woman in star Wars. Like yeah, that's I, true. I don't feel right about saying she should go. And I no. also felt like her story wasn't done. No. Definitely. So, so there's definitely like that aspect of it, of like, she has more plot left to do. Um, like Marion definitely has a lot left. I felt like maybe Cal could have died at the end of this game, but um, like once he destroys that holocron, I'm like, oh my god, what's he gonna do now? Yeah. So that exactly. single act of him choosing to do that, I was like, oh, dude, like no, where's this kid going? So like I'm invested now in that, and like. I guess they could have killed Grease, but, like, I don't know if that would have emotionally hit me at all. So, like, he's just kind of the comic relief. It would feel kind of like kicking a puppy, like... Yeah, there is no... I mean, I like Grease, but there's no... There's no dramatic reason to kill him. Yeah. Um, And I guess he still has these bounty hunters to deal with, so, like, there's that, too. story, yeah. Uh, So, on one hand, I felt like someone should have died. On the other hand, I don't have a good answer on who should have been the one. So I guess I'm glad they kept everyone. Yeah. Anything else we want to say about Fallen Order? Um, I'm sure I'll think of something in an hour that I should yeah, have as soon as we show. As soon as we uh, stop recording, like five things. Will come I like all head. the customization. I love all the customization. There's something like 126 variants of Cal's outfit that you can do. Some I love a good Star Wars poncho. I like, uh, I, yeah. I'm always so here for ponchos. a good Star Wars poncho. I like customizing the lightsaber. Oh, yeah. Getting all the different handles and switches and sleeves. Yeah. And um, going to Ilum and seeing it, like, oh. devastated was heartbreaking. But, Starkiller like, Base. Here, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely Starkiller. Oh my racing. god, I had that. I had that. They confirmed that in the Rise of Skywalker visual guide thing. But I I had that theory as far back as 2015. Oh but yeah, this, absolutely. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see that explored in a story. Uh, the ramifications that Poe Dameron, Great Hope of the Republic, destroyed the most holy Jedi site. But yeah, I love that. Ilum is Starkiller base. That's so brilliant. Yeah, that was really neat. Yeah, what else? I mean, I think that's just sitting here eagerly awaiting a sequel. Yeah. So I think that's going to do it. Do it then for us at Gaming New Horizons. Um, your your regular your regular friends will be back very shortly. Uh, Ryan, do you have anything you want to plug before we go? Um, yeah, actually, if you like the Haxion Brood as much as Andy, I have designed a Haxion Brood t-shirt 
that you can get if you go to lazydaygalaxy.com and click on the T Public option. Lazy Day Galaxy is my like pop culture nerd shirts brand. We also do phone cases and stuff. Um, we have a couple Fallout things if that's your gaming cup of tea. Uh, we've got a Nuka Cola bottle cap in Oribesh, the Star Wars font. We've got a bottle cap t shirt that says War Never Changes. Uh, so check that out. I've gotten some shirts and stickers from uh, Ryan's shop. They're all great. Thank you so much. Um, you can follow Force Friends Rewatch on Twitter at Force Friends Pod. We have a Kofi if you want to toss some Republic credits our way. Force Friends Podcast. Um, we have a podcast called Force Friends we Rewatch do. Podcast, which you should listen to. We're currently Please. deep diving Rebels. Uh, I have another podcast called Ending Pending on Lunar Light, where we discuss one season television shows. Uh, we definitely should have done an ad break in the middle of this and we forgot. So whoops. Uh, there's some great shows on the Lunar Light Network and there are, um, there's gaming new horizons where they talk about video games. Hey, that's a pretty there's, good one. There's trans questioning, which is hosted by Sarah Zedig and she talks about, uh, trans issues and what it means to be trans and it's really insightful and hopeful and encouraging and I like it very much. Uh, there's Comradical where we talk about being communist and we talk about philosophy and uh, it is very, very good, very funny, very informative. You'll learn a lot. Uh, Joe, Terrence, and Ray will be back next time and uh we are the opposite friday of them so while you wait for them to come out come listen to force friends rewatch and then after you listen to us they'll be back and it's good stuff and so i'm happy we got to steal their podcast yes indeed all right well that's gonna do it for us uh we end force friends rewatch with tell the boy about his parents (laughs) uh which uh, is not only applicable for Star Wars, but I feel like for a lot of video games. So yeah. why don't we keep our, our sign-off? Ryan, do you want to do the honors? Fallout 3, baby. Tell the boy about his parents, or at least tell him where his dad is. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. Mm.